Welcome to Dark Media Effects, your weekly dose of all things dark with a twist of theoretical application. I'm your host, Kristen, a UC Davis senior. If you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe for more updates and follow me on social media at Miss Kristen with two N's. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get dark. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in again to another episode of Dark Media Effects. I'm coming to you the weekend after Thanksgiving. Um, I hope that if you celebrated it, you did so safely. And I had a whole different theory I wanted to do this week. But as I was getting into the holiday spirit and setting up my Christmas tree, I had one of my favorite Christmas movies on. uh, That's The Christmas Carol. And I started thinking it would be really fun to do something more about ghosts because I'm really interested in ghosts and it fits into the dark media effect aspect. And I kind of just wanted to take a little break from doing true crime. So what I'm going to talk about this week is a couple different things that have to do with ghost stories. First, I'm going to give the media effects aspect of it and look at why We love ghost stories so much. What is it that evolved in us uh, to where we we love ghost stories? We love telling them. We love sharing them. What is it about them that really hooks us and keeps us always interested? Then I'm going to just take a little step back from uh, the media effect aspect. And I really want to look at, I found a really cool article on uh, why scientists believe certain people can see ghosts. And so I'm going to go ahead and read a little bit of that article. And it's really cool because it talks about what makes somebody more susceptible and what they think it is about people that drives ghosts to them. And so I think we have a really interesting week. Um, I'm going to start out by just going ahead and giving a little background to ghost stories Uh, a little bit of a history and then hopefully from there we can go ahead and get a little bit deeper into why we love them so much. So all cultures have developed their own form of a ghost story or I wouldn't say form but they've developed their own ghost stories and dating back for thousands of years ghost stories have always had an underlining reason behind them. So they were really created to see the bigger picture side of things, kind of like a fairy tale, you know, only with a darker twist. So when a culture comes up with, with uh, you know, a ghost story or maybe a scary story, it doesn't necessarily have to involve ghosts. When they come up with something like that, they are trying to show in a different way something that's acceptable in the culture or maybe not acceptable in that culture. So one thing that comes to my mind in American culture with ghost stories is the Winchester Mystery House. Uh, A lot of you are familiar with this. It was a movie. Um, I know there's been a lot of like shows about it and it's been on Unsolved Mysteries and a lot of stuff like that. But uh, the Winchester Mansion is a very interesting ghost story. And when speaking back to culturally and how ghost stories typically have cultural ties, I'm going to make a very brave assumption here. But let me just give a background about the Mystery House for those of you who do not know it. So the Winchester Mansion is a house that was built in such a weird way. There are stairs that go to nowhere. There's doors that open to nowhere. And it is 
um, concept of Sarah Winchester, who is the wife of the inventor of the Winchester rifle. So the story goes that Sarah Winchester, after her husband died, was haunted by ghosts of everybody killed by her husband's invention. And these ghosts, there's a couple different stories here. One is that the ghosts bothered her a lot and the sound of the building and the constant construction kept them away. So she would just constantly build and constantly build so that there was never a silent moment with no building going on. So they wouldn't bother her as much. The other part says that these ghosts were actually telling her what to build. So they were telling her, build these stairs that go up here, even if it went nowhere, put a door right here. So they were actually telling her where to put things and what to do. Now, the assumption I'm going to make in connecting this to cultural, and like I said, this is just something that I just am coming out of nowhere with, uh, is, you know, in America, historically, especially in the more recent century, there has been a lot of, you know, gun rights talk. And so that's a connection that I've kind of made. It's like, oh, did people... Did people just make this story up? Was, was Sarah Winchester just sick? Was she mentally ill? And then people said, no, let's put a twist on this. Let's say that Sarah Winchester wasn't mentally ill. Let's say that there was ghosts telling her to do this stuff. And it was because of the bad guns, because of the rifles. Then maybe people won't want to be associated with guns in fear of this association between the guns and the ghosts. And like I said, this is just something that I came up with, just kind of connecting it to how ghost stories have historically been about teaching lessons. And and in a big way, it's always been about teaching lessons to the youth, which is something that I found interesting because now I feel like a lot of parents shelter their children from ghost stories like you're not allowed you're not allowed to say anything about ghosts or you don't want to even mention it but I feel like if you read some folklore especially from different cultures that is scary stuff I mean you have stuff like Krampus and stuff um you know that's just so out of the ordinary that parents today would absolutely not allow so that was one of the um one of the things that I wanted to say was kind of just a little bit of a history connecting why ghost stories are so popular because they have culturally always been there to teach lessons. It's an easy way of teaching a lesson. You just keep the story living on and retelling it and retelling it and it becomes memory in people and it's just an easy repetitive way to teach lessons to keep them going from generation to generation of what is acceptable or not acceptable in some cases in cultures so moving on to my first article of this episode it is an insider article written by cheyenne lentz And this is one of the reasons, or it lists some reasons why we love being scared, why we're interested in it. And one of the first reasons is that our brains know that we're safe. So what happens is your body is scared. And though you might feel like the psychological scared going on inside of you, uh, your body and your brain knows, okay, no, 
I'm safe. I know that I am safe. And it actually gives you a fight or flight response, which makes you excited. So it's kind of like, even though you know that you're safe, your body is still going to respond physiologically how it knows to respond. So you're still going to get that kind of excited feeling, even though your head is like, no, we're okay, we're safe. And this makes complete sense. I mean, there's no reason why this wouldn't make sense. Uh, People like to be scared and they wouldn't have places like amusement parks if people didn't like to be scared. So in connecting this to like a ghost story, I think it does make sense. I think reading something or even, I mean, you can compare this to watching a movie like I was speaking of before my favorite movie, The Christmas Carol. When I was a kid, that movie terrified me. But it wasn't because I thought that I was going to get visited by the ghosts of Christmas past or future when I went to bed that night. That's not why it scared me. It scared me because of the feelings that it brought up. It scared me because of, you know, when you hear the chain dragging on the floor and you see the ghost and it's kind of this what if. It is a fight or flight response, even though you know you're in no harm. So I think that that's that's a completely good um, reason for that. I also thought a really other interesting one is that it releases dopamine, your body. So when you're afraid, it releases the hormone and it creates just a really high state of arousal. So tying that back into, you know, our brains knowing that we're safe, it, it just gives you like this really good kick. It's, it's, it's scary, but you're safe, you're secure, dopamine still releases. So you're getting kind of this big experience in one just from sitting there and exposing yourself to something scary. Another thing that I thought was interesting is that your body's chemical makeup is actually meant to be scared a little bit. And uh, this is this is part of that article as well. So again, this is the insider article. You can actually find it online. It's called Here's Why You Actually Love Being Scared. And it's by Cheyenne Lentz. And this was really interesting to me because if you think about it, and you're coming from just a standpoint of, of purely evolutionarily, we had to be scared. We developed inside of us these quick responses, fight or flight, like we were talking about before. And we had to use them on the daily. Like there were probably three times a day where those would come in handy, you know, when we're foragers and when we were hunters. So I, our body craving that and our body needing that, I think is, is fair in saying that that makes complete sense. And we do get that when we watch something scary or when we watch something or read something scary, or when we consume anything scary, I think it it breaks us away from the norm of our everyday life. And it puts us into a whole different perspective, instead of just going on and on, knowing everything's fine, knowing that you're safe, which is how people live everyday life, which is great. Nobody wants to live in a constant state of fear. But when you go like that for so long, and then you sit down and you consume scary media, then it does something to you. It it gives your body something, gives your mind something that you can't get from anything else. It, it scares you to a point of needing 
needing to reassure yourself. Oh no, no, I'm okay. I'm fine. And I think that that is something that I never thought about before reading this article. It's something, you know, I definitely thought about it triggering flight or fight or flight. That's hard to say. And then I definitely thought about the dopamine release, but I did not think about the fact that our body might crave it. It might actually crave something that, that stimulates us in that way. And so I thought that that was really something interesting. Now, I will admit that when I started this journey, I did think I'd be able to find a lot more um, supernatural explanations for why some people see ghosts and some do not. But I was disappointed in finding a lot of things that were just science trying to disprove it. So these articles that I have, while they're interesting, they're not so good at explaining the paranormal reasons why we see it. If you know of great articles or anything, any blog sites or anything that might have some of this information, I'd be really interested in that. So if you let me know about that, I would love it. So to start with, Psychology Today has an article by Frank T. McAndrew. And he said that it is all about basically the state that we're in when we see them. So he's making this connection to psychology. So again, this is just science. This isn't why some people are susceptible and others aren't. Now, uh, McAndrew says that there's these things in cultures that have been known throughout the whole time or throughout history. And they're called spirit quests. Uh, that's what Native Americans called them. There's probably other names for other cultures. But Native Americans called them spirit quests. And it was a big thing in adolescence for these young people to go out and find a spirit. And, you know, you were not a man until you did that or until you uh, were able to do that. And this kind of reminds me of that. Is it the Disney movie, The Brother Bear? That's what this kind of reminds me of. But uh, he argues that while they would go on these quests, they would endure so much thirst, starvation, and sleeplessness that it was more in their minds that they saw these apparitions. It wasn't really an apparition. I have a problem with this because I have seen ghosts and I have felt ghosts and uh, my mother has seen the ghost of my aunt. So... I don't think anybody's to say like, oh, it's it's in your mind because I was not starving. Uh, I was not, you know, not sleeping and I wasn't thirsty. You know, I was just probably a 13 year old girl. So I was more on the adolescent side. But when it happened to me, it really freaked me out, even though it was a family member that I saw. It scared me. I ran to my grandmother about it. And I said, Grandma, I, I saw your dad. I heard your dad. Uh, he was living life like it was normal. He was just walking through the kitchen and he was just, he didn't see me, but he thought he was still alive and he was just going on with his life. And she responded with, oh yes, my dad is still here. So that was one of those things where it's like, wow, okay. So it's not just me. My grandma knows, she witnesses it. I've had other people who have visited my grandmother's house who have witnessed it. 
So I know that it's not just me. And how can so many different people experience that? We can't all be starving the same amount. We can't all be not sleeping the same amount. We can't all be just dying of thirst the same. That's not real. That's not realistic. So that's what this article I'm not 100% set on. I think that science a lot of times tries to debunk things that they don't understand just to make people feel more comfortable. And I feel like maybe that's one of the things that this article kind of hit on. Moving on to the next article, I really wanted to delve into children because yes, even though I was 13, I wasn't necessarily a child. We hear all these stories about children being more susceptible to ghosts. Um, And so... I found an article, so I couldn't find a sighting of who wrote this, um, and it was one of the only articles I could find that was talking about why children are more susceptible to the spiritual side of life instead of everything else was like, well, children have huge imaginations, so they're just dreaming this or thinking this up. And going back, that's another science thing, so I really did not want to put that in here today. So this article is actually... Uh, not an article. It's just on a website and it's for witchesbrewtours.com. So I'm guessing it's like a, a tour website where it's just giving like a little bit of background. And this was published on February 25th, 2019. And it's called can children sense ghosts more ac- acutely than adults. And um, it has the theory here, which is what I was looking for the whole time. I knew the theory, but I just, it's not my theory. So I didn't want to throw it out. I wanted something to talk about it on. So the theory is that children are more open-minded to seeing ghosts. And this is basically a cultivation theory because as we get older as adults, we're told, you know, Santa Claus isn't real. This isn't real. That's not real. Monsters aren't real. And so children, before they can be brainwashed by any of that, before culturally that can be taken away from them, they're free to... um, to think about things with open minds. They're free to make their own decisions about things. And I think that that's something that is really true. And I mean, I've had times where I used to babysit my nephew, actually, when he was a baby. And I was only like 18 or 19 at the time. And he would stare up straight at the ceiling. And then he would just start laughing. And I was like, I would kind of look up. It was in my sister's old Victorian house. And I would kind of look up, but I didn't see anything. It just almost seemed like he was kind of staring over me, staring out. I don't know what he was staring at. But I find this hard to believe that this would just be something that just babies do by themselves. Because babies want to have a connection with you. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't even a baby when he was doing this. He was, you know, probably like, uh, let's say 11 months. So he was almost a year old. And by that time they've already developed like they can make eye contact they want to make eye contact they want to read your face they want to see people's faces so why would he be looking over me and above me that's something that shook me a little bit because I just didn't understand how something like that could be more science because everything in science will tell you that children want to see faces at that age and children want to look at people and look at things so what was it looking at That is still something that is in my mind. Um, Another another thing that I find interesting is that we're so uh, into these stories. Um, There's a story about 
Uh, this is in Half Moon Bay. I don't know if you're familiar. It's in California, kind of close to the Bay Area. And it's the story of the woman in blue. And there's all these different theories on on her. And she haunts the um, she haunts a distillery. I believe it's the Half Moon Bay Distillery. And, you know, everybody just likes to create their own stories. I think there's three different theories. One is that she was in love with a guy, but she was already married. And um, her husband showed up and when she was when she was in the middle of having an affair with this guy and and sh her husband shot her. The other story is that she jumped to her death because she lost her lover or she drowned herself in the water. So some sort of a suicide because she lost her lover. Um, so it's things like that that make me really, really want to know why we are so interested. And I did dive a little bit into that in this episode, but it's still quite not where I'd like it to be. Um, it, we're so interested in these things that we create these stories that we don't actually know if are true. We want to believe in ghosts so bad. We want to see them. And I don't know if this just goes back to us wanting to know more about death. Like, do we just seek knowing that there's something more after death? Or is it just we're so consumed by the story of an individual perishing for something like that, that we want answers. And just bringing this full circle, because I, I want to get ready to kind of close this. When I watch things like A Christmas Carol, what's so interesting to me about them is there's this aspect of lessons being taught through you know, people who died and they want to show you this is not how you want to live your life. And I think that that's something really interesting about ghost stories. It's something that really says, we're teaching you a lesson about how what you should do. We're teaching you a lesson about life. But at the same time, we're we're also trying to scare you a little bit to give you a little bit more insight on why you should think like this, why you don't want to go down this road, why you don't want to be a miserable old man, why you don't want to be lonely, why you don't want to um, marry somebody you're not in love with in the case of the blue lady or the woman in blue. Stuff like that, these lessons that are just so tragic. And I feel like we do crave them because as, as a human being, we crave stories and the creepiness is what falls into because we like being scared because we get that dopamine release and we get all of that. So I feel like it's just, it makes it altogether well-rounded, um, well-rounded reason why, why we would be so interested in these ghost stories. So I want to start doing a little bit of Q and A's and for you guys to be giving me a little bit more information as far as where I can find articles and where I can find more information on this. Also, sorry if you heard my dog snoring the entire time. She's a French bulldog. She passes out and she snores louder than like your great grandpa. It is horrible. But getting back to that. So I'm going to go ahead and leave my email address below. And please, please feel free. Reach out to me. Send me questions because I want to do a Q&A session. That would be something really interesting to me. And I'll post it on my Instagram as well so that I can get some Q&As and hopefully get some people tuned in for that. 
once again, thank you for listening and I wish you happy holidays, even though I'll be back again next week to do this. Um, and reach out to me and give me suggestions on what you want to hear. Give me suggestions on some cool, creepy Christmas stuff I can do too, because I'm in the mood. And again, thank you. And I look forward to next week.